Good evening everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Cricket Tonic, just for the doc, uh, Cricket Doctor Adam. Uh, today in this segment we are going to give our view about the recently concluded three test matches, the Ashes, Hedding Blade Test, uh, India vs West Indies, first test match and Sri Lanka vs New Zealand, uh, second test that has just completed. Uh, what do you feel about the Ashes, Stokes amazing innings that has come through uh, because of which England have successfully chased a 359 target uh, which this will be an innings that will be remembered for a long time by the English and the Australian fans and uh, not just these two countries but all the cricket fans all over the world. What is your viewpoint about this innings and especially about this test match Mania? Yes, so uh, England was once again the epicenter of another very 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 exciting cricket match. Uh, it's just been what one month since the world since that world cup final and then there was this headingly test in which once again uh, england with ben stokes at the helm chased down yet another total and uh, it 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 is supposed to be one of the greatest tests uh, that has uh, taken place in the recent past and why not england chased down 359 they won by one wicket with the finest of margins uh, we had the number one, 11 batting with Ben Stokes and yet again Ben Stokes proved his metal with that fine century and guiding England to another thrilling finish. Uh, if England cricket fans didn't have that kind of a summer till now, they suddenly have it with that World Cup win and now this Ashes Test when they were already 1-0 down in the series and if Australia had won that Test match, they would have won the Ashes also, they would have retained the Ashes. So now they are still in the Ashes contention uh, just because of one man, one innings and this one Test match at Hedding Perfect. Yeah, this is a, like you said, it's going to be a very good uh, uh, inspiration for many of the kids in England. Uh, we have a new guest with us today, who is going, to, who is, uh, who is also an ardent cricket fan like some of us. Uh, his name is Pranav Kunal, Pranav Kulati. He has been uh, interacting about cricket for some time. Uh, welcome to the show, Pranav Kulati. What do you feel about the recently concluded Test match? Uh, hi, Someshwar. Thank you uh, for getting me here on this podcast. And uh, firstly, I'd like to say, I mean, what a test match. I mean, uh, when this test championship started, a lot of people had their doubts about uh, various things, you know. Like, I had my doubts, you know. I, I always wanted, uh, in my previous talks with you, I always also told you that uh, I, I always imagined in my mind uh, test championship as something of a World Cup where uh, all the teams will come together and then there'll be... Uh, like a three-month tournament, but and and then and then slowly and gradually this tournament uh, started with all the with with the point system, which again raised a doubt. You know, like for example, I follow a lot of uh, uh, different countries' fans on Twitter, and for example, a lot of Pakistani fans and New Zealand fans were like questioning the system where some teams play less amount of matches, some teams play more. And the the une the unevenness and the the trial nature of the of the of the tournament was a little bit uh, uh, like 
like people were not sure of it but then all the doubts would have like straight away gone away with this uh, with this ashes series uh, especially like in this uh, headingly test and i mean what a comeback like everybody like uh, probably everybody just wrote off uh, england on day 2 and everybody was just thinking that oh wow another test match that will be over on day 3 and then uh, the ashes wrapped you know and in honestly it would have been a disappointment you know to see uh, such a great tournament getting wrapped only in the third test so out of a five test match series so this like uh, superman innings from ben stokes is like again just something that nobody ever expected and you know just when you think that uh, uh the year of ben stokes cannot get better it gets even even better uh but you have to agree that uh, england especially ben stokes mm-hmm. also had uh, his own luck in that aspect right uh mania yeah uh, again the empires at the fulcrum of it once again in an england victory it was joel wilson at the other end it was a huge debacle earlier in the summer when england won that world cup final about how the the umpiring decisions helped them to win it and once again there was this uh, umpire there was this lbw appeal that uh, was of nathan lyon and then joel wilson didn't give it out but then we had the drs coming up and it showed three reds but unfortunately uh, australia were out of reviews because they used up on used a horrific review on uh, on yet another lbw appeal so yes joel wilson took a lot of brunt of it again uh, because um, he, the umpiring has been hideous to say the least in in the ashes we have seen a lot of howlers i mean in every test match we'll say okay like this is the worst decision ever or this is the worst lbw call ever and then it would be topped by another one so it has been that bad and uh, yeah i mean there will be debates on how that could have affected because uh, it was the last wicket and what england needed two runs when that uh, lbw appeal came off and uh, uh, the thing is the fact is that uh, england had a review so if joel wilson had given it out given it out ben stokes would have obviously reviewed it and it wouldn't have been overturned but joel wilson would have you know he would have got a confrontation on his uh, decision australia on the other hand didn't have a review so there there's another yet another debate that since england had that review shouldn't he given it a, shouldn't he given it out and then you know ben stokes could have probably reviewed it and then it would still be the right decision so there was a lot of talk going on and yes joel wilson hasn't had a great summer yeah to put the to put the results into a perspective in the three test matches that have happened in the ashes so far a total of 50 decisions have been reviewed and 19 of those have been overturned that is to show how far the decisions have been bad by the umpires to move before we move on to the next topic i would like to like uh, introduce uh, i would like to bring up this one important topic which we don't want to miss jack leach any comments about him prana yeah well uh, of course uh, so his partnership of course uh, everybody knows you know that uh, his uh, important uh, like uh, like uh, 
contribution of one run you know like if anybody like ever now in the history of cricket says that you know uh, what is one run one run is nothing so now if, like this test match can be bookmarked and said you know here is the importance of one run it's probably like i think the most crucial one run inning ever scored in the history of test cricket because if jack leach hadn't scored that one run or had he gotten out earlier then uh, well you 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 know it would have been just like a easy like a 40 50 run victory and then after like and 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 these are and, and and he gave us some moments which of course everybody will remember like you know after every over he was cleaning his glasses and you know everybody was tweeting about it it was commenting about it and after the game also like a, a lot of them had had a good laugh about it even ben stokes on twitter so i think yeah i mean J- jack leach played his part i mean uh, yes of course star of the match ben stokes but jack leach also uh, very important when uh, well, yeah, you put it right about the one very crucial one run innings in which he dug through and stood for a long long session long period of time which is something some like another team failed to do and as we are talking about west indies currently and their second innings like uh, second innings collapse against india like what do you feel about like there there was a, during the first day when the test cricket had started you had a feeling that west indies were bowling good india were struggling and you thought it's going to be an amazing test match that going, that's going to like go over the 4 5 days but then india then but then west indies suddenly lost their momentum india had a partnership going on and like eventually when it came down to the fourth innings there was no competition whatsoever what do you think about uh, the performances of these teams individually manya so india india started off their uh, stake in the world test championship with a grind, a very comprehensive win against uh, west indies west indies were if if you look at the start of the first innings india india stop order had collapsed they had a blip and then you were looking at what 25 for 3 i guess and then three uh, stalwarts of indian top order bat, batting back in the hut so yeah west indies had a uh, look in there but then uh, they sort of gave it away and uh, you know you change the format you change anything but the west indies approach remains the same we saw it in the world cup where they had a few Uh, matches where they were you know strong you take the australia game uh, where they you know they were looking good to win and then they suddenly collapse or they suddenly give up the fight and they uh, lose the match so this was yet another case i think the top uh, the the new ball bowlers bowled very well and then that sort of died down and in the end it just became a dull test match for them uh, because india had another comfortable win and they haven't had a win in this series and they don't look like they're going to win if they keep uh, this approach of you know letting their opponents get a look in getting their opponents back in the game so yeah that is that is how the west indies play and i think they they will need to tweak tweak their approach a little bit you need some batsmen to go and go on and score a massive score but their batsmen keep getting stuck at 40s 50s and they just give up so yeah i mean west indies need a lot of uh, retrospection in that respect understood west indies top order has been struggling i mean at least in the first session both innings they have been struggling predominantly badly but 
to give due credit to where it belongs ishan sharma and bumrah were amazing in their bowling ishan sharma in the first innings and bumrah in the second innings more importantly the catching from ishan sharma was too good uh, like do you think like uh, west indies uh, uh, like had to face the wrath of them or uh, it, it's it's just the inability of west indies to bat long innings pranam uh well see uh, actually it is a mixture of both if you ask me because firstly uh, yes uh, as uh, as mania rightly p- uh, pointed out that uh, there were a, there were a lot of situations in the test match where uh, like you know following as an indian supporter i was like okay now this situation is getting a little tricky and then west indies gave away their wickets like for example uh, in the first innings when we were batting like 25 for 3 and everybody was like okay we thought this test match will be easy but now this is tough but then again we crawled our way back then again when west indies were batting in the first innings i think there was a point where um, there uh, they, they were around 170 ish for 5 and, uh, and 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 the batsmen in there were batting well and then everything was going along fine and then all of a sudden ishan sharma again came in got two wickets can't say he like they threw away wickets yes he, like they also bowled well but uh, at that time you know that you know if you look at the like the teams that are successful over the years they like the key moments you know they don't they don't fail at that key moments right now what i feel is west indies squad isn't bad yes it is good but it is just uh, uh falling short of a little bit of uh uh consistency in the in the key moments so what do you think about uh, what do you think about this mania like fall, like uh, falling short of consistency in the key moments not to say that throwing their wickets away badly but uh, they are not grinding grinding in and getting all a good 100 good long innings 150 something like that they have the potential but they are not able to convert i think they exactly. somebody somebody need from the leadership group from the coach needs to tell them to stay at the crease to you know dig in get through the session or something like that don't be in a hurry to score because they have the potential i mean when you have a good pace department you should be winning matches you should be drawing out matches because if 
you have Kima Roach, you have Shannon Gabriel, you have Kimo Paul and you, you have good names. And if the batsmen contribute, I think they have a long way to go in that World Test Championship. But at the moment, the batsmen are letting them down. And West Indies is not the only team who is struggling in this aspect. We move on to Sri Lanka, who in spite of having so many rain breaks, in spite of having to start the third innings of the test match on the final day, collapsed considerably mm-hmm. to give New Zealand an unlikely win. What do you think happened to New Sri Lanka during that day, Prana? I think again, it is, uh, um, I think there's one uh, crucial aspect over here that uh, which might, which according to me might have uh, affected uh, Sri Lanka, which is the rain breaks, you know. Uh, we were all following the rain uh, forecast from day one and it didn't look good. And surprisingly, the weather held up and it, it didn't rain as much. I mean, it, like we just about got in a test match, you know. And probably what I feel is that uh, the constant on and off breaks that... Uh, the players were having in the first three days kind of uh, gave uh, Sri Lanka uh, and, and it's like uh, uh, coaching staff like kind of a relaxation kind of a false sense of security that okay this test match is most likely going to draw and we're probably going to win a series after a long time against a very good opponent which which as you know that New Zealand these days have uh, really improved their performances away from home like how they performed against uh, uh, Pakistan in Dubai and now over here against Sri Lanka. Now, nowadays, I, I don't think anyone just uh, uh, thinks that uh, you know New Zealand will go away from home and just roll over. So I think uh, the I think the point where uh, uh, Sri Lanka got a little complacent was during the time when uh, all these rain breaks were happening. Uh, I'd probably say around day three. Because most of the people on day three had given up on uh, on a hope on their result, and when uh, when they came out to bowl on day four against Sri Lanka, when Granholm and Watling, if I'm not wrong, if they were batting, uh, once they were batting, uh, Sri Lanka bowlers, Sri Lankan bowlers, they didn't look interested. They were like, uh, uh, they were just like, okay, just let's, let's get through the motions. The rain might come, or the test match is out of reach, and and credit to New Zealand that through their uh, grit and determination, they grinded out a result. Yeah, I have a different perspective to that. Uh, I mean, if if you're if you're uh, playing in Sri Lanka, you always have to be rain prepared. I mean, the groundsmen they are they are so good that you will have play if the rain stops. They have been so good. I mean, you talk about Sri Lankan groundsmen being the best in the business. And then again, uh, they were batting to save the test and their top order just freakishly collapsed. I, they were what, 32 for 5, I guess. And then Karuna Ratne batted and Dekwela batted and they salvaged some pride. But then again, it was uh, what, again, uh, they mm-hmm. lost the last wicket when there were 15 minutes remaining at the end of the day's play, uh, if I'm right. So uh, again, that shows you how important that those uh, five wickets that fell uh, in the first uh, first hour of batting, how crucial they were. If they had managed to, you know, keep those intact, they would at least have been managed to. Uh, they would have at least managed a draw. And with respect to the World Test Championship, 60 points on the line. Uh, it was really 
incompetent from the Sri Lankan team to have given away the test match so easily. They could have won the series 1-0, uh, but now they have to, you know, put up with a draw and New Zealand would be happy to have, uh, after, the, after Sri Lanka chasing a record-breaking total at goal, you expected them to be a little better than this. I uh, totally agree with that. So, for the end of this week, we, as an audience, we had three amazing tests and three amazing finish. That's it in this segment. Thank you. So, this is our favorite session. It's the silly point uh, where we look at the cricket news from around the world from a cricket fan's perspective. And this week, we have the news of a lot of retirements and unretirements and coming back from retirements. So we'll start with Ajanta Mendes's uh, retirement from all forms of cricket. And Someshu, what is your view on that? He's he's retired and we know him from that uh, good spell against India. He terrorized the Indian batsman at one point of time and then he just disappeared. So what are your views on that? Uh, if you look into Ajanta Mendes' career, he had a short stint when he was a he was a mystery bowler that no one could uh, figure out when he came came into the bowling. But eventually, after a few games, when he when they actually found out how he was bowling, it was just a matter of time before people figured it out. His initial few matches, he had a lot of success against established teams, and have, and if you look into the later parts, he was more successful early against these smaller or weaker teams who have not played much much in the international career so this was long due he wasn't playing much for the national team also he wasn't he was just playing uh, a few games here and there for uh, in the local t20 tournaments and uh, had a couple of good spells here and there but in the in whatever he played in t20 he had good records he is the only bowler to have two times six wicket hauls uh, so that way this was this was like uh, you could see it coming, uh, but he, it is a good mystery bowler that Sri Lanka is going to miss out on. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was what he was what he brought the carom ball into existence, and then um, he 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 captured the imaginations of everybody around the globe, and then I don't know, it just was a curveball of a career then and he has suddenly retired and it was a short but like an impactful career in patches and then again speaking of retirements we have one player whose retirement was very talked about at that time because it was sort of a fiasco in how he was handled and suddenly out of nowhere ambati raidu has said that he will look he's looking forward to play uh, in csk and he's looking forward to play in india as well so uh, pranav talk us through it i think uh, like everybody like uh Firstly, like building up to the World Cup, all Indian fans were worried about was that number four spot and rightfully, you know, and this is such an issue that it, it divided people uh, so much that, you know, you had like every like if you go and ask any cricket fan in India, they had a different answer uh, for the number four slot. Yes, there was some. Uh, some fans who wanted Raidu, some fans wanted KL Rahul, some fans wanted Rishabh Pant and, and we, we all know how it went. At the end of the day, no one knew who was the perfect number four and 
and the surprising part is we still don't know we're still looking for options still now now people have uh, gained hope in uh, shreyas ayer but as the in terms of the retirement goes i think everybody or at least most of the people would agree that it was a bit reactionary from uh, from uh, raidu because yes everybody knows that ambati raidu was uh, brought back into the team he played for a year year and a half and then he was all of a sudden like nobody expected it but he got dropped and then people were surprised and then probably raidu realized that he's going to miss his uh, uh ticket to the world cup and, and and everybody like even like the way he gave his uh, reaction in uh, in the media he realized that you know uh that it's like not going to happen the world cup dream is not coming true for him then he got hurt and then he called it like he just called uh, he called it at a very uh, at a wrong time i would say and i think in the end i think the right uh, the right thing has prevailed uh some uh, probably his his uh, uh mentors his coaches the people who have been around him all his life have probably uh talked sense to him and if you ask me i think it is a good decision for him to come back and take it gradually because like i genuinely feel he has a little bit of cricket more to offer in him mm-hmm. like i i don't know if uh, eventually uh uh kohli will give him another chance or not but uh, i think uh, cricket would be much better like at least ipl and domestic cricket would be much better with uh, ambati raidu in it i mean just assuming that if there were injuries to our first 11 options and it's always good for the indian cricket that there is a option waiting in the wings that is ambati raidu entry into the uh, i mean coming back out of the retirement specifically only to play for csk or because he doesn't have any hope of playing for the next world cup if he hasn't played for 2019 uh, but in my view point i think he's coming back from retirement is predominantly only to play for csk yeah yeah he's only i mean he's already 33 years old so we don't see him playing in the next world cup and uh, uh, he had a poor season with csk uh, this year but uh, he had a great stunning season with them last year so yeah i can totally see him back in csk Uh, but uh, with uh, the indian cricket team in perspective like you said uh, it's a bit of a long shot uh, after all that 3d glasses the debekar and msk prasad outing him and all of those things i don't see him making it to the team now but yeah i think like you said it's predominantly for csk i have a i have a very like i have an alternative view to this uh, which 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 might sound pretty interesting that now that his uh, like now in, we live in the age of social media right and now that once he is he got ceremoniously he left the team and then now like everybody was like oh he's left just because he got left out of the world cup now he's coming back and like what the people what the fans always cheer for is an underdog and what i feel is that if he gets a good season for csk you know and then you will start hearing calls of people saying why don't we get raidu back because he's still available so i think just because his uh, like rift with the board was uh, uh, was made evident uh, and was came out in the public i think that will keep the spotlight on him even more like if he has a very good season with the uh, uh 
uh, with CSK, then I I think uh, it it'll be it'll be for him like it it'll be a, like a blessing for him because of course then there'll be voices that'll be be promoting his name back towards the Indian uh, setup. Yeah, interesting. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. How how he plays for CSK and if he gets back to the Indian team, that that will be a thing to see. So speaking of the Indian cricket team, we had Ravi Shastri being reappointed as the coach, and we talked a lot about it in our previous podcast. But and then this week we have another relating news coming from that is that Mike Hessen or. Mike Hissin, as the BCCI likes to call him, has been elected as the head coach for RCB, and it was probably that tough with the uh, Virat Kohli that you know didn't get him a spot uh, in in the in the Indian cricket team setup, and now he has got one with RCB. So, so Meshu, what are your views on that? What do you think about but that? It, it's interesting when you talk about RCBs and. Uh, the coaches because they have been trying a lot they have changed the coaches they have changed the support staff they have changed the players they have changed uh, they have changed the way they have their uh, their combinations also but still they are the world peer cup is so elusive for them i hope mike hessen like uh, we know all the aggressive attitude uh, aggressive behavior that he brought into the uh, in this land cricket team during the 2015 world cup partly due to brendan mcculloch as well but I, that combination you saw Mike Hessen and uh, Brendan McCullum combination succeed well. So that angle Mike Hessen and Virat Kohli who is somewhat similar to Brendan McCullum also might be good which was one of the big points we spoke about when uh, we were considering Mike Hessen for the head coach as well. Uh, given Having said that I think uh, Mike Hessen is also doing his duty. He's sitting in a lot of domestic games. He's going and understanding how the local talents are working. So we can see some new names coming up in the RCB squad next year. Uh, and I, I think this school, I, 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 I would say Mania, like Mania would not agree or Mania would not like the fact that I'm saying, but this combination could be something that RCB might, RCB as a unit has been looking forward for so long. Yes, uh, I remember somebody on Twitter saying that you know RCB. Uh, I think it was Akash Chopra. I am not really sure, but he said that uh, you know RCB tried different coaches and different support staff and everything, but they don't try the best players, and that is where the downfall is. I mean, how how big an impact does a does the coach really make when you? can't you know you, you have two best batsmen in the world and you still can't uh, go near to that trophy so yeah I mean I am a bit apprehensive because Gary Kirsten was given a short stint with RCB I mean he was sacked uh, right after so I don't know how the change of personnel will go through uh, Prana what are your views about that you know Gary Kirsten given the boot Ashish Nera given the boot and then Simon Katic and uh, Mike Hessen coming in I think uh, I would, if you if you guys permit me, I would like to make a like um, an analogy of uh, of RCB, you know, and uh, like the quest of RCB of the IPL could be compared to uh, Paris Saint Germain, the football team from Paris, their quest of winning the Champions League. You know, they've they've brought in many coaches, they've brought in the most expensive and the best players. 
but yet somehow every year in the Champions League football they get knocked out. So now, uh, in terms of Mike Hessen, I feel yes, he is a good appointment for RCB. But then again, we just keep on learning the same fact that you know it shows us again and again that it is not necessary to have the strongest team on paper. You gotta have a team that works as a unit. What I feel, uh, I think, which works against RCB is that. They always pack their team with with the best batsmen, and when it comes to the bowlers, and somehow whichever bowlers they pick, this they don't seem to perform on their home pitches. You know, if you look at teams like CSK, if you look at teams like Mumbai Indians, I'm talking about the two most successful uh, franchises in IPL history. When they pick their bowlers, the bowlers are they love to bowl in their home stadiums. You know, like Bumrah. Uh, Lasit Malinga, Harbhajan Singh, they used to love to bowl in Vankhede. Similarly, coming to uh, uh, CSK, CSK we know like we have we had Ashwin earlier, and and then uh, there was then there is Jadeja, and then there is so many fast there's so many fast bowlers that came through. Even Lakshmi Pati Balaji, I mean, uh, and DJ Bravo. So there were so many bowlers that loved to bowl in their home stadium. But whereas when we when we look at RCB, you know, I mean, their bowlers have always been talented players, but they somehow don't gel at their own home stadium. So I think. RCB needs to do a bit of introspection, and I think Mike Hessen, I think he'll be uh, he'll be able to help them better this team. So speaking of bowlers and uh, retirements, uh, I'd like to com- conclude with an with a very uh, interesting news that came out that an 80 85-year-old cricketer, West Indies pace bowler Cecil Wright, announced his retirement from cricket. And uh, he said that it was his health uh, regime and uh, exercising routine that uh, kept him going through all those years of cricket. So that that is an inspiration for everybody who's uh, you know uh, uh, aiming to get fit. So yeah, that that is that will be the the end of this section. So we'll now uh, move on to the. India versus West Indies. Hello and welcome to our final segment, which is the preview of the upcoming uh, test matches of the World Test Championship. So the upcoming Test Championships in the upcom- uh, in the next week will be, of course, uh, the all-important fourth test between uh, England and Australia, which will be held at uh, Old Trafford in Manchester. And the second second one would be uh, India versus West Indies at uh, Sabina Park in Kingston, Jamaica. Now both of these test matches have have very uh, test match venues have 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 a lot of uh, historic significance to the venue and uh, to the matches being held and the players uh, who have their home grounds over there and everything. So it, it, it's traditionally a very very uh, a popular stadium. So I will start off first uh, quickly with. Uh, the fourth test preview which everybody everybody in the cricketing world is waiting for not not only because of we just had probably the greatest test match as test match ever but also because it marks the return of two of the most probably the most iconic players in this ashes series arguably you can say james anderson and steve smith before coming into this ashes were the two most iconic and uh, uh, most important players for either of the teams. Now I think some might argue that now Ben Stokes has become the the real star of England. But uh, 
I think uh, with, uh, with 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 uh, Anderson and Smith both coming back in in the same test, I think this test lines up to be a very very interesting encounter. So, what are your thoughts about that, Mania? Uh, what are you what are you personally looking forward to in this test match? So, while we are still concussed with that uh, third test, we'll be moving on to the fourth test. And yes, it is in Old Trafford. And if you ask me personally, I'm very excited because uh, Manchester is a good hunting ground, especially for spinners. I mean, we have seen a lot of pace bowling, quick bowling, bounces being bowled at, people getting down people getting like for like replacements and all of that so we'll move on to some um, good spinning tra tracks as well and personally i'm very excited to see nathan lyon versus jack leach both of whom were at the end of a very uh, crucial moment in that third uh, in that third test where they had where uh, jack leach was almost run out but then nathan lyon fumbled and all so i'm very interested to see that battle between the two uh, and yes obviously steve smith coming in will uh, give a lot of stability to the australian side again as well so yeah more more than the batsman uh, my focus will now be shifting on to the spinners with uh, manchester and uh, kennington oval being the uh, being the uh, venues for the latter test matches okay uh, 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 so so what do you think about uh, uh, the test match the fourth test match and do you expect any changes from both teams because as we know australia already has a lot of pacers in reserve or do you think there'll be some team even might venture out with a two spin a two spinner strategy uh, i think uh one force change at least that Australia will have is that Steven Smith is going to come back. So given the way Labushan has been performing, I think uh, Usman Khwaja is going to face the cut. Uh, that being said, uh, pace unit wise, uh, uh, I think uh, they would uh, give away with one of Pattinson or uh, Siddhal. Uh, so uh, given that uh, if they want to bring a spinner, uh, I would prefer more of them playing Mitchell Stark if he's fit enough to play again or uh, uh, it, it, they can uh, find more with the pace, I don't think they will go for more spin options. Even if uh, even though the track support spin, I think their teams predominantly uh, work towards having their pace bowlers uh, hitting the targets. So I would see like just a couple of changes with Steve Smith and uh, one fast bowler being replaced, uh, either by a spinner or I would prefer another fast bowler coming in. That's the change from Australia. For England, my preference is Jason Roy should be kicked out. Uh, he is not fit for the standard. He should prove himself to play long innings. Uh, who he can replace is something that uh, we will get to know very soon because there is a long time they can come up with an updated team. And one another key player who is sitting out is Sam Curran. Uh, I think he should find his way somehow through. They can play around with the opening combination and try to fit in Sam Curran in the middle order. And that should at least give a strong batting lineup, batting lineup for England, who uh, who had a, had one of their worst performances in the third test. Actually, they got all out for 67, but that has been oh, that has been overshadowed by the amazing innings that happened in the second innings. But if you sit back in the dressing room and look at how you performed, it's going to prick you there. So the, I have to enhance my batting lineup, and Sam Curran is someone who can definitely do it. Okay, well, uh, thank you, Sumeshwar. Uh, now moving on to the uh, 
the second test match, the second and final test match that will be held between uh, India and West Indies, and it will be held in Sabina Park in Kingston, Jamaica. Now, now as we all know, Kingston, Jamaica is a very popular ground and it's a very historic ground where uh, which is which was home to a lot of west indian greats so as i move on to you mania uh, what do you uh, what do you expect uh, in this test match uh, are you expecting the same old same old india to assert their dominance or do you expect some more fight uh, coming in from west indies definitely i mean uh, i i for the for the sake of the game i would definitely expect west indies to come out a little stronger but uh, to be honest uh, it it doesn't look like they would i mean co- considering how how they played in the first test match but it will be interesting to see if if they can pull off something from that magic hat and uh, do something unthinkable to this indian team but all in all i think it will be yet another 60 points for the indian team in the world test championship unless west indies do something very dramatic okay well uh, you do have a point over there mania that uh, uh, west indies are known to be as one of the very unexpected teams who can you know one day suddenly just outperform and just shock everyone you know they 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 known to do that so as i move on to you sameshwar uh, with with this test match uh, uh, there are reports coming in that uh, kimo paul might come in for west indies and uh, so according to you uh, what do you think uh, the changes should be for west indies because definitely as we all saw they definitely do need changes and what do you think does india need to tinker around with the with the winning combination do you think that virat kohli should do horses for courses kind of a thing or should he just stay stable with the same 11 uh, i mean uh, i think uh, in both scenarios even mm-hmm. for horses or courses or uh, talking about stability i think he will end up with the same team because sabina park has historically at least uh, in the past few years Uh, supported the pace bowlers considerably uh, we didn't see much of mohammad shami in the first test because ishan sharma and pumra were were amazing and they just ran through the batting lineup but if 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 one of those two has a bad day mm-hmm. i think shami's role will become crucial and given jadeja has shown uh, how he can give a batting depth to the team and given that vihari has shown the calmness i don't see the indian team tinkering with their batting lineup we should hope our openers give a much more better performance especially from mayank agarwal who after his first burst during the career has relatively been calmer and in the low low run segment so india shouldn't change but west indies should have at least one because cummins has been replaced by kimo paul whether kimo paul will play or will they consider bringing in the con bringing in conwell who is a big talent we spoke about in the last segment as well he can give you the batting that which the team very badly needs the top order is failing considerably uh, the middle order needs proper combination proper partnerships like a holder com- when by the time holder comes into bat he doesn't have anyone as partner for him to build a long innings something something that conwell can provide him uh, that being said this is one of the favorite grounds for craig uh, bathway so uh, if history is what we have seen i can uh, i can like i could hope that he he comes back to his century hitting ways in this test match so one change for west indies and uh, no change at all for india as what well. 
right so just as a footnote uh, as we as we slowly wind up towards the end of this discussion a uh, lot of indian fans talking about it lot of ex players talking about it uh, uh, which is uh, ravi chandran ashwin a player with this uh, these many wickets and these many like uh, uh, matches under his belt and so much experience uh, a lot of eyebrows were raised and over his non selection although kohli's decision was vindicated i'll quickly like to get uh, a point from both of uh, my panelists over here manya and someshwar so manya i'll i'll start off with you uh, i'd i'd like a quick point from you on his non inclusion and should he be included in the next test match right so one of the most uh, discussed things was uh, ravichandran darshan exclusion from the first test uh, despite him having the brilliant record against the west indies with both the bat and the ball uh, uh, if you ask me personally i don't think he has done anything wrong to be ousted from the team just yet i mean him and ravindra uh, jadeja have been excellent uh, to you know win those matches for india they have been one of the best bowlers one of the best all rounders in fact in test cricket and i would love to see him play but i i don't see uh, kohli tinkering with that 11 but yeah i don't think uh, you can uh, question ravichandran ashwin's uh, credentials just because it is an overseas tour okay uh, and 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 what about you sameshwar like now that uh, this change has happened and jadeja has featured in the first test now now how does how does the indian team go by with uh, how does Ash, like yes the indian season is coming about but how do we deal with the ashwin situation now see uh, i would like to put a different perspective here even during the past when we had kumble harbhajan bowling together in the indian conditions if you see when we went to overseas segments only one of the two bowlers always bowled we and kohli is being supportive of the pace bowlers and the quality of pace bowlers that we have currently there is no need for me to play two bowlers two spin bowlers because the fast bowlers are already giving me the wickets i don't have to play two in the in the in the, in the just because i have the ability mm-hmm. to play two so it came down to i have to pick one who do i pick jadeja or ashwin i think jadeja was picked over ashwin for the pure reason that he can bowl in the overs so fast given that uh, the test championship uh, penalizes you with points when you are for slow over rates virat kohli might have actually preferred having jadeja who can bowl you up 20 to 25 overs a day if you feel you are running out of time so that was the mere reason why jadeja and came fun given the form that he came through with the world cup and given how sanjay manjrekar got him into the uh, into that own uh, zone uh, jadeja's form was really good so that's that's the reason why he came to the, the moment we come back to india ashwin is going to be our premium bowler who is going to uh, we are going to see them both uh, bowling in tandem and taking wickets but uh, that uh, till that time uh, all the talk about kohli and ashwin is going to continue nothing we can do about it. perfect well uh, thank you guys so much for uh, we've covered a variety of issues today we covered uh, what happened we covered what will happen we covered a few interesting developments in the cricketing world and and thank you so much for uh, uh, contributing in with uh, with the variety of opinions and with that uh, uh, i'd like to close this uh, uh, close this segment of uh, a preview and thank you everybody for tuning into our uh, weekly podcast thank you